The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss what's happening in marketing from an executive's perspective. Joining us is David Siegel, who's the CEO of Meetup, which is the largest platform for finding and building a local community. Yesterday, David and I talked about the great resignation's effect on marketers, and today we're going to get some community tips from the man himself, the CEO of Meetup. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with David Siegel, the CEO of Meetup. David, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Great to be back. Thank you. I'm excited to have you back on the show and continue our conversation. You know, we started talking yesterday about the great resignation and how it impacts marketers. And my takeaway was that not only are marketers sought after, we've got more flexibility for where we work. So a lot of us have changed jobs or have more flexibility in negotiating. But also the marketing channels that we're using have been affected as well. We are focused more on digital marketing than ever before, but our access to data has changed. And a lot of it has to do with trying to build communities online, which is a challenging thing. How do you actually build rapport with people without seeing them in person? Talk to me a little bit about some of the tips from Meetup that you've learned. Who's doing a good job with community and what's the secret to getting in front of your audience in a digital format? You know, a decade ago, not many companies had a dedicated social media marketer. It was like a percentage of someone's job. And now you have many companies with one, two, three, 10 people just solely dedicated to social media. Today, there's many companies that have just a percentage of time dedicated to building community and community-based marketing. And it's a percentage of people's jobs. The future is going to be full-time community marketers. So what does a community marketer do? What's the purpose of community marketing? Well, the answer is there's, you know, a 50, 100, sometimes 1,000 X fold between someone who's a zealous user of a product versus a less engaged or non-engaged type user. Community marketing is about driving and building relationships with zealous users who are absolutely in love with your product. So for example, Salesforce. Salesforce has thousands of community groups on Meetup, outside of Meetup, and they use those groups for focus groups when they want to roll out a new product. They use it to get feedback on what's working, what's not working. They give those groups early access to technology and information to play within and try and beta form what features might be working, what features might not be working. 
Google, for example, has over 400 Google developer groups on Meetup today, and they fly out all the members of their Google developer groups and all the organizers of those groups and have giant conferences to help to really spread the word around technology and create a mechanism for feedback both ways so that Google or Salesforce or Facebook can get feedback back about their product, but also share feedback. Now, you mentioned that these large enterprise scale companies have lots and lots of communities. Is it that Google is organizing and creating 400 different community groups, or is this happening organically and then Google is reaching out to the people that are community creators and participants? At Meetup, the way that we work is actually both. More often than not, there will be a group that's passionate about AWS, for example, or Salesforce. And they started a group of people who are like-minded, interested, and then AWS will kind of knock on their door, or Google will knock on their door, Microsoft Azure will knock on their door, proverbially, and say, hey, can we sponsor your group? Can we include your group as part of our kind of umbrella? That is the most common path because what's great for a company is then they get to, rather than having to deal with a cold start problem of starting a group with nothing, they get to take over a group that already has existing events and existing relationships and potentially thousands of members. And that's very valuable. On the other hand, there are organizations, Starbucks, for example, that came to us and said, hey, we want to create all new groups. So what they did is they relied on their store managers and they said, store managers, how would you like to become a meetup organizer and then organize book clubs in Starbucks stores or anything that might make sense to have in a Starbucks store in terms of a community group? And they're building them kind of from completely from the ground up. So it really does work both ways, but more often it's kind of finding an existing passionate group of users and then seeing how they can sponsor or take over that type of group. So I understand when you're the Starbucks, the Salesforce, the Amazons of the world, you can have dedicated headcount responsible for managing communities. And these communities just tend to pop up when you're that big of a company. When you're mid-market, when you're in startup mode, how should you prioritize building a community and managing it as opposed to some of the other marketing channels like creating your content, building your sales collateral, doing your performance marketing? Where does community fit into the marketing mix for smaller companies? So let's hear an SMB or a startup. The best place that community fits into as part of a content marketing strategy. Because part of content marketing is getting your content out there. So it's writing content, getting it out there. A great way to get that content out there is to have a dedicated group of individuals who are passionate about the content they have. So here's an example. We have thousands of yoga instructors. They're not big enterprises. They're SMBs or gyms, and they create communities around them. Why do they do that? They do it for lead generation. So they'll have a yoga event in their home or in their studio or whatever it is. And they'll say it's free. They'll have once a month free yoga event through Meetup. And then suddenly they get hopefully hundreds, dozens or hundreds of people that now become subscribers to their yoga studio or their gym, et cetera. So for many, it's a lead generation type opportunity. We've thought a lot about creating community for the MarTech podcast. We've even said publicly that we're going to do it. And then we reneged and never actually got it off the ground. And the debate for us is, well, do we create local communities? Do we actually try to get in front of our listeners? Do we build a Slack forum where people are already getting together and chit-chatting and can exchange notes? Do we do it on LinkedIn? Should we do it on Facebook? Meetup, obviously. 
How do you think about picking the right community format for your, whether it's content or business, what's the trade-off between digital, in-person, various platforms? Just walk me through some of the options, knowing that Meetup is obviously the one you should choose. Obviously. It is definitely not obviously and really does depend on what your goals are. If in-person is your goal, meaning you are, a gym is a perfect example or a yoga studio where you are a physical location or a physical person and want to bring people into a location that you might have, then you want to have in-person events because ultimately the experience is an in-person type experience. If you're a global podcast, however, then having a hundred different locations in a hundred different cities throughout the world is incredibly inefficient. Seems like a great way for my wife to get mad at me for never being home. <laughs> Could be some great boondoggle trips, though, to any cities that you wanted to. She might be listening. Don't say that. <laughs> so very inefficient. So in that kind of case, you would want to have, obviously, a virtual meetup group or Facebook group or whatever it may be. I still believe that the most powerful opportunity is the combination of in-person and online, however. You know, if you're a online-only let's say you created a MarTech online meetup group or Facebook group to have a once a year opportunity for people to gather together in one place. They're super passionate in person can transform that kind of community. Similarly, if you're in person all the time, having multiple events that are online events that could be across different locations, different communities also can be a great way to have efficiency and bring in great speakers across places. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Okay, so I understand the value of having your community and selecting whether you need a in-person community or something that's digital. Talk to me about the resources. Like I said before, we're not all Salesforce or Starbucks, and we can't all afford to have a dedicated community manager. What goes into managing a community to make sure that it's effective without just taking over your marketing efforts? The number one criteria for success comes down to having a community organizer 
who is passionate about what you are doing. And that doesn't have to be an employee. In fact, ideally, it's not an employee. For example, at Meetup, we have many organizers. So we had 10 organizers step up and say, hey, we want to help to be the organizer of organizers. They're not our employees. We have one person that's facilitating. But if you're able to get someone from the community to step up and be an organizer, maybe pay them, maybe not pay them, who's passionate about the area of interest and can be really dedicated to success, give them swag or other types of things, that's the criteria for success. When communities fail, it's because there's not a person who is helping to facilitate the success of the community, full stop. So what do those people do? Are they just organizing an event, making the posting? Are they talking to the community managers, regular recruiting? What's their actual role? Definitely more than just events. So the success of community is really three things. Number one is you do have to have events of some sort, people coming in, coming out, looking forward to something, excitement prior to the event, synopsis after the event, that's one. The second is if a community is purely just an events platform, event, 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 that's not a community. That's just an events thing. That's just a party. It's just a party. <laughs> Who doesn't want a party? But it's not a community. The community is where people have relationships. So the conversations, the chat, the back and forth, the advice, the one-on-one -on -one conversations or group dialogue that happens in between the events, having nothing to do with the events, that's the community where people are actually supporting and helping each other out. And then the third key criteria is it can't be the same people every single time. You want to infuse community with like new people and have new people kind of coming in periodically, but not the community also can't, can't be a set 10 people and the next time a different 10 people, next time a different 10 people. There also has to be consistency of people to go from event to event to event. It's like building a basketball team. You need some veterans, you need some rookies, a mix of all people to make sure that the conversation stays fresh, but there's also somebody that you can depend on as well. The last question I have for you, you mentioned, well, just give them some swag. So when you get these community managers, these people that are really dedicated and interested in what you're doing and they build a community, I mean, is it just like, here's a t-shirt every month that'll keep you doing work for free? What are the ways to keep the community managers involved, engaged, compensated? How do you manage your community managers? So yes, swag is nice, but it's definitely necessary, but far from sufficient. The other things that we tend to do is give people access to leaders in the company. So I meet periodically with all of our key organizers of organizers so that they can feel that they have a direct relationship with the CEO meetup. And that's kind of something exciting. If they have a complaint or feedback or a suggestion, they could go to any of our leaders and immediately have that direct connection to be able to suggest ways in which they can make Meetup better. And then the key also for us is we also close the loop with these organizers a lot. And it's very important because you want to keep them motivated. So what I mean by closing the loop, I mean, if they suggested something and then we implement something because they suggested it, then we let them know. We just had our 20th anniversary party last week, actually. Mazel tov. Thank you. Very exciting. We broke glass, just like at a big, nice wedding. And at the celebration, we had an organizer speak to everyone, representing all of our Meetup organizers about kind of the ways in which Meetup has changed his life. So we create all these wonderful moments for people. We leverage social media and we share their videos with people to just keep them engaged, keep them motivated, keep them excited about kind of helping us out, make sure they know about the impact that they're having. At the end of the day, finding your organizers is only part of the challenge. You need to find people that are going to be interested in helping your community evolve, give them access, give them benefits, swag, as we've said, you know, your t-shirt subscription, whatever it may be. Building a community starts with getting the right people involved at the top. Then it tends to work itself out as your community continues to scale. 
And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with David Siegel, the CEO of Meetup. Join us again tomorrow when David and I wrap up our conversation talking about his executive thoughts on modern marketing. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about David, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is David Muir Siegel. That's D-A-V-I-D-M-E-I-R-S-I-E-G-E-L. Or you can visit his company's website, which is meetup.com. If you're interested, you can also find David's new book. It's called Decide and Conquer. You can find it by searching on Amazon. I'm sure there's bookstores around you have to have hard copies. But either way, it's a great book and you can learn a little bit more about David and his marketing strategies. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schaap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.